Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott from Microsoft and Spokes. I'm Simone Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Christina Warren, also from Microsoft. Disclosure! Uh, she's a senior uh, cloud advocate there. And Brianna Wu, executive director of the Rebellion Pack. Uh, we have a fun show for you today, full of some of our favorite topics. Those Apple rumors, those juicy, crunchy, fresh Apple rumors, and uh, net, some net neutrality news that has come in this week, uh, as well as yet another supercomputer, yet another one. <laughs> Christina's mm-hmm. a bad influence. She's a terrible influence. <laughs> and yet a wonderful influence at the same time. <laughs> She's I was like gonna a great say... friend and a bad influence. <laughs> yeah, time. no, I was going to say, after, after our conversation last week, I was... Because I did, I don't need a thread wrapper, but like Brie does. And then I was like, I'm just going to put together a build for you and we'll talk <laughs> about a, it. I have a story to tell about that. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> well, before we get into that, let's talk about these juicy Apple rumors. So we're probably not going to get new iPhones till September as usual. However, details are starting to leak about what could pen- potentially be released when they come around. We are seeing rumors about, again, four new iPhones, uh, same sizes, basically same form factor as the 2020 iPhones uh, with like a couple pro models and the police outside coming to take me away. <laughs> leaking this Don't information. talk about Apple. Don't do it. They'll, you they'll can't send you stop to me. Apple jail. <laughs> two uh, pro models and then two regular or lower cost devices. Um, reportedly, the engineers working on these iPhones are considering this an S year, even though we don't know if that will be a formal naming convention. But spiritually, it's an S year. Uh, there will be camera improvements, the new, uh, the fast A series processor, and 5G chips from Qualcomm. But there are some potentially juicier, stranger uh, things afoot. There is a rumor that one of these new iPhones could be completely portless and rely on wireless charging. Uh, And there's also a rumor that Apple could bring out an in-display fingerprint sensor. What do we think about these new iPhone rumors? So I'm 100% ready for the iPhone MagSafe future. Bring it on. Uh, kill lightning. Just just murder it. I mean, I wish we'd get rid of lightning for USB-C, but uh, I don't know if you all have tried the new MagSafe on the back of your iPhone. It is, it is such a... It, it like feeds some part of your brain, like those surprisingly satisfying right. videos every time you do it. I love Ooh. it. And uh, even... I, I can't... Like in the old days, you would spend a lot of time sending data back and forth between your iPhone and your Mac. You just don't really do that these days unless you're backing up. So as long as they can find some way to get data uh, throughput, you know, through that connection, I say bring it on. What do y'all think? I was initially, before you started talking, I was pretty anti this. Okay, let me back up. Not totally anti because I think if it's just one of the four models of phone that right doesn't <laughs> damage my life in any way. Um but I was pretty much convinced that I would still stick with a model that has a port. Uh you've kind of 
by talking about MagSafe, you have kind of appealed to me there, Brie. Um, but I think overall, I am still in the camp of rather than portless, I would just like to see a USB-C phone because I think that that would materially and dramatically change my life. Um, I also haven't backed up my phone to a computer in forever, but I think that's a me problem. And I think it's a genuine problem that I should probably address. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't back up to my computer. I use iCloud, which, okay, that's problematic on some levels because, yeah. but, but I, I, I do it. You know what I mean? Like there, there might become a day where I turn off iMessage backups, but for right now it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. it, that would be like the the one thing from like a, if I don't want to be framed for murder, um, a thing that would be like the thing that I would shut off. Right. But so yeah, I haven't connected it to a computer and I don't even know how long that said, I have so many lightning cables and chargers and other stuff that there's a part of me that is going to be like very like get off my lawn. Like <laughs> this is going to make it harder for me just because genuinely I would have to buy so many additional accessories. So like that's the one thing that I'm I'm like I'm not against the progress. I'm just like mentally rolling my eyes at the fact that um this would be yet another like connector because you still have to have a connector at some point, right? Even if it's MagSafe, you have to have something. I mean, I guess that's the thing, Christina, is if it if it starts now and then slowly rolls out over years, that it feels fine to me. However, are you, I, I know that you are an early adopter and love right. all the things. Is this a situation where they would roll it out and you would immediately need to have that phone? Yeah, probably. And and that would be what they would bank on, right? What would more than likely happen though, is that it would then take years for me to replace all of the lightning stuff. Like the problem, and I'm not even opposed to them going with, with USB-C. I used to not be in favor of them going USB-C because I was like the lightning ecosystem is pretty expansive. And, you know, it basically is on everything. It's on AirPods. It's on AirPods Max. It's on, you know, like um, the Apple Watch. Uh, you know, I, no, I guess not. I guess that's technically USB. But, you know, it's like every Apple device has that as as its kind of connector. So it's universal in that sense. And so I've never really felt bad about it. USB-C, because it's on everything now, even though the definition of USB-C is ridiculously complicated. <laughs> I would be open to that, right? I think my only hold up, hold back on getting going like portless is I I don't know what that achieves, right? Like this is my mm-hmm. whole thing. Like mm-hmm. it, what does this achieve? If this is all about trying to add a tiny bit of space in the chassis, couldn't you just make the device slightly larger, slightly thicker? Like I don't know so that's my my real complaint. I like MagSafe, but I'm just like, when you remove this port, the conspiracy theorist in me is like, well, you're doing this because you don't want to have to abide by the EU regulations that say you have to have a standard charging port. Huh. And you want to continue to be able to charge for your proprietary solution and make people have to license um, MagSafe. Like, that. that's the conspiracy part of me that does that. And so... That part and of me. I think that's fair. I, but I, as far as the problem it solves, I mean, have you never had a lightning port get jammed up with, uh, with stuff before and had to like clean it out with a, with a, uh, a pick before? Cause it's, no, it's honestly, terrible. Oh, no, I've I mean, had to, I have to do that all the time because I'm, yeah, I'm I, I've honestly, yeah. I mean, I've had like the, the cables break all the time, but I've, I've yeah. honestly never had to do that. I think one time actually, and when that happened, it was because I dropped it 
on um, its face getting out of a cab and it was raining. Oh, dear. And, oh. and, and in that case, the phone actually had to get replaced. But that was right. like the only time I had to actually do that. So I haven't had that particular issue, although I, I can understand that. But I, I feel like really, and again, it's not like you get rid of cables, right? Like you still have to have the MagSafe thing to be able to charge you or the, or the mm-hmm. wireless charger. Like that's my only thing. I'm like, okay, to what end are we, why are we getting rid of this? Well, like, no, what, you are compelling me. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally have to take apart two Porsches to like dig in and hook CarPlay back up to it because like the the actual thing you plug the USB into is like behind two dashes. Oh, so it will be this will be a monumental pain in the butt for me. But I just I don't know. I just I think it's so it's so satisfying. I like, there are times right, I, I have a lightning cable there and I'm like, I just want to feel that click. It's so <laughs> awesome. I agree. And I, I like, I don't mind going to that. I just don't feel, I just don't know why they're like mutually exclusive. Right. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm very excited about the reports that there's going to be like batteries that you can attach to the current phones with MagSafe. Like, I think that's actually pretty brilliant charging solution, yeah. you know, um, to have, to have an extra battery. I just don't know what problem this is solving other than, you know, continuing to license for proprietary port. And like, if that's the case, fine, that we know this is where it's going to go. But my holdup is, is really just like, how is this making anything better? Okay, fair enough. I want to talk about the uh, the Touch ID possibly embedded under yes, the screen. Yes, yeah. Because I want to ask both of y'all, um, you know, I intend to not all the time, but I see myself being very cautious like, you know, when I go down to Disney, I'm sure this year, even after I'm fully vaccinated, I'm going to wear a mask. Like, it's going to yep. be a long time before I'm mm-hmm. comfortable being outside not wearing a mask. And we all know Face ID does not work while you're wearing a mask very nope. well. So, very annoying. I mean, <laughs> this is a feature I, I really, really, really want. And, I mean, I don't think I'm alone there, am I? No, you no, are I mean, absolutely not alone. I th- I think especially now that I uh, newly this year have started using Apple Pay, mm-hmm. um, great timing on my part. <laughs> I love the contactless aspect, but it is a little bit frustrating every time to have it scan for my face and then be like, okay, give me your passcode. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a person who has long been cagey about Face ID, I have to admit, yes, update. I am, of course, now on a phone that only has Face ID. Mm -hmm. um, And I fully went into that intending to be the person who, like, turns it off when I go to the airport and is very cautious about it. I'm not. I'm lazy. Um, I have not (laughs) kept up with, you know, all of what what, what I hope, the behaviors I hoped to inhabit when I switched over to Face ID, um, which makes me uncomfortable. But there we go. That's life. Um, so for me, bringing back some kind of fingerprint scanner, especially as you pointed out, Brie, in a world where I will continue yeah. to wear masks, certainly on the subway when I'm commuting to work, um, on airplanes, in airports, in if I ever go to Disney, <laughs> still right. never been, we'll see. I will definitely be wearing a mask. Um, so bringing back something that I personally think is more secure than face ID while also keeping up with um, keeping up with what is now the new normal in terms of how we uh, how we dress in public spaces I'm very happy about this 
Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I really don't think that this is something that we would have seen if the pandemic hadn't happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so the, the current beta of, of iOS, I think it's 14.3. If you have an Apple Watch and you're wearing it, you can't actually enable it so that if you're wearing a mask, it will unlock if you're wearing an Apple Watch that you've, you know, authenticated. So it, that's not going to be the most secure thing. But I think for most people, the convenience aspect will outweigh that. So that's mm-hmm. a good thing, a good interim thing. But I do feel like, yeah, as you both said, with this new normal where the reality is, is that, you know, possibly for, for years, possibly going forward, this is going to become part of our consciousness where we're going to be wearing masks in public spaces, which is ironically, has not been an uncommon thing, you know, in many Asian countries. Um, I was you just know, thinking about that. I, I can't believe this didn't occur to me before, but of course it's always been commonplace to if you're sick or in a crowded place in Asia to wear a mask. And face ID, Apple phones, iPhones, <laughs> Apple phones, Jesus, who am I? iPhones not having the fingerprint scanner anymore. Mm-hmm. That must have been a pain yep. in the butt in Asia for a couple of years now. And I, <laughs> no, I totally. feel very uh, US-centric for not thinking of that before. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's, I mean, it's a Western company and it's definitely a Western you know, mindset. So yeah, I mean, I think that that'll be a good thing. Um, but it is one of those things where I, I would love to kind of know, because the technology has been there for a while and we've seen other companies actually do this. But Apple went all in on Face ID, and I don't think that that was a wrong way to go with the trends. You know, who could have predicted what was going to happen? But I'm with I'm with both of you. Like, this is something I would definitely welcome back. Uh, I've never minded Touch ID. Um, I don't, you know, Face ID, I don't have any security qualms with it. I have privacy qualms, but I don't have any security qualms. But I've, I haven't found it to be demonstrably faster than Face mm-hmm. ID, to be honest. Definitely. You know, it, it's convenient, yeah. but, it, you know, Face ID is, but, but it's not like I've, I've my life has been, you know, faster because of it because you still have to swipe up anyway. So it's a whole, you know, you still have to touch your phone. But um, yeah, I'm, I would look forward to that coming back. And it would certainly make, I think, the fact that we all have to have these things on our faces work a lot better. Mm-hmm. So before we jump off this topic, we got to also talk on the new news that I'm more broke today, which is some really gorgeous colors to the iMac and yes, the new design yeah. coming out. What, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so basically, long story short, there's an iMac redesign coming. Um, you can get iMac in the traditional two colors, uh, gunmetal, or what do they call it? Is space gray. Space gray. Yeah, sorry. space gray. In uh, aluminum. And then they've got, what are the other colors? It's kind Black, of Black, uh, white, uh, yep. green, blue, and rose gold, quote unquote, uh, the same colors as yep. the new iPad Air. Yeah. Yeah. I friggin' love it. And also kind of the same form factor as well with that more square monitor shape. Well, I think that those are just renders. Uh, so this came from John Prosser, who eh, his, his his track record is is mixed. Um, I, I would say like not immediately discount, but also I'm not going to immediately be like, this is happening. Uh, <laughs> he, he's no, he's no, you know, uh, Ming Kuo Cho or, 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 and he's no Mark Gurman. Um, but yeah, uh, so I think those are just renders. But yeah, the the colors, at least according to the what he's saying, is that they're going to be matching the new iPad uh, colors. And uh, you guys, I really I love what's going to wind up happening <laughs> is I'm going to have two iMacs and no. a gaming PC in my office. <laughs> Christina, you could sell one of the old iMacs. No, I really can't though, because I, oh. I mean, like it, it's 
the, it has 128 gigs of RAM. Like, it, it's good. I want you to have a desk that, like, has a rotating top so you can just sit there and be like, I'm done using this iMac. Yeah, and spin your that desktop and then it spins around <laughs> like the, the new the iMac is in front is of right you and you're real. like, yeah. You just yeah, like, that, would be, that would be great. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, um I I am personally not really excited about any of these colors. Unlike Christina, she is a rose gold person. I am a bright like firecracker Ferrari red kind You need of gal. the like that's the, <laughs> the product you, you red. Need the project red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the iMac I want. As far as the uh the design that they came up with uh, for the render not finalized, just a render. Wasn't particularly impressed. Uh, wasn't particularly impressed with these colors. But overall, I like the idea of like color coming back to the to the iMac. People, like if you're a baby like you, Simone, you don't remember mm-hmm. really the era of the uh, the original um, uh, the Bondi Blue iMac in the yeah, first and then, place. And, and then they had all the lifesaver colors. Right. Like, it was I, it yeah. was magical. Like figuring out which one of those that you wanted. So I love this idea coming back to the I do remember those big, like the the bubble shaped ones. Yep. Yeah, we had those in school uh, when exactly. I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and those, yeah, and those colors are great. And I love the personality. I also, honestly, if you're gonna do it for the iMac, I guess the reason you could do it for the iMac and you wouldn't do it for the laptops is you sell way fewer iMacs. I guess that's why you could have mm, the differentiated yeah. SKUs. But. Uh. Yeah, I mean, finish your thought. <laughs> I was just gonna say, but I would, I would be down for that. And and honestly, yeah, have a have a special limited edition product red for for uh, for for you, Brie. Brie just like, for Brie. Yes. They're gonna make one of them. Actually, you know, I mean, Brie, what's stopping you from getting like a fun case for your iMac right now? Somebody must be making those. That's a good idea. You know what I could do is take all the guts out of it and put it in my powder coating oven that I use mm-hmm. for my wheels, and then just coat it candy apple red. Oh my God. Yes. I will not be doing that, but (laughs) (laughs) But if you do, it'll be a dessert topic. Uh, This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott, a show about tech heroes who have made our modern world possible. Full disclosure, Kevin Scott, uh, this is a Microsoft podcast. Christina works at Microsoft, but we're going to talk about that. Each episode features innovative people who have made their mark in their respective fields as they chat with Microsoft's chief technology officer, Kevin Scott. Topics include things like neuroscience, space, AI, Uh, All that good stuff that our Rocket listeners probably are interested in. They also have a number of incredible guests, including people like Daphne Killer from Insightro and uh, futurist and author Jaron Lanier, as well as astronaut Dr. Mae Jameson, the first African-American woman in space. Uh, She chats with Kevin about human interstellar flight, the 100-year Starship Project, and experiential education. Uh, She talks about achieving one's own level of excellence and explains why exploring an extraordinary tomorrow creates a better today. Here's another familiar voice you might hear on the show. Relay FM host, Rocket host, Christina Warren has joined the podcast. Um, Christina, wow. (laughs) I know. I know. I I didn't even know we were going to do this. No, this is a great show. Uh, Obviously, I'm very, like, like disclosure, I'm I'm involved with this. I, I know Kevin, but he is really interesting. He 
because of his his work, he was at Google for a long time, and then he ran engineering at LinkedIn before he became Microsoft's, um, I think, our first CTO. Uh, and, and he oversees like Microsoft Research and, and a bunch of our, our AI stuff. And he's an incredibly smart guy. He is able to um, talk to a ton of incredibly smart people like Mae Jameson, as you mentioned. Uh, the most recent episode, actually, that just went up uh, is with um, musician, um, uh, Grammy, Grammy winner and uh, current um, Album of the Year nominee, Jacob Collier and Ben Bloomberg. And they talk about like the way that they make music. And it was just a really, really great conversation. So uh, I'm obviously very conflicted and, you know, uh, not conflicted, but like, you know, I them involved like i mean conflicted you're in terms proud of, of your work <laughs> yes that's what i'm trying to say like i think this is good I'm, I'm what i'm trying to say is like this is this is good stuff these are interesting conversations and if you would like to hear smart people have conversations about smart things give it a, well, give it a shot you can I'm go on listen. twitter because i like listening to dumb people have dumb conversations <laughs> no. about things so <laughs> you can listen to it now just search for behind the tech with kevin scott wherever you get your podcasts that's behind the tech with kevin scott or just click on the link in our show notes go check it out our thanks to Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott and Christina Warren for the support of this show <laughs> and all of Relay FM all right, let's talk about this net neutrality nonsense. So uh, for the first time since net neutrality died a few years ago, uh, California's net neutrality law, which was signed by Governor Brown in 2018 um, and then blocked by lawsuits from the DOJ and the telecom industry, uh, a judge has confirmed that California can start enforcing that law. The DOJ dropped their suit earlier this month and uh, the judge declined to grant a preliminary injunction from the telecom industries, in telecoms industry. That's where those S's go. Uh, he basically said, look, this is not the job of the federal courts to decide this. This is Congress has to deal with this problem. Go on and enforce your law. Um, and this particular law contains a list of things that ISPs no longer can do in California. And that includes paid prioritization, zero rating favorable content so it doesn't count against your data cap, so things like bundled streaming services um, and failing to tell you how fast service how fast service actually is and how their network management practices and speeds actually work. Uh, so basically holding it is a California-centric law that will hold ISPs accountable for all the things that we were initially concerned about uh, with net neutrality, which, of course, died a death in a federal sense. But this does potentially open, I think, the road for Congress to address it and for states to, regrettably, um, piecemeal <laughs> create net neutrality all over again. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this is I, this is great. I it, you know, it, I thought that the decision was pretty measured, obviously not a lawyer, but I thought it was pretty measured for him to be saying, look, this is because it's basically comes down to a jurisdiction kind of argument, you know, mm -hmm. like who is in control of this. And I think that it's valid to say that, you know, Congress should have to enforce their laws. But this is something that states should also be able to, you know, decide like the the, the federal government doesn't get to unilaterally mm -hmm. dictate that a state can't. Um, do something because certain provisions don't exist at a, at a federal level um, in, in this way. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is good. I hope we see other states adopted, at least in part. I think a better thing, obviously, is now that we have a new FCC would be to go about the process of, of re, um, 
bringing back net neutrality again. Obviously, that's much um, easier said than done because Mm -hmm. it had just been really kind of approved and then it was dismantled and it's going to be difficult to get it back again. And Basically starting from square one, right? Right. And then, I mean, you have a valid valid concern, which is if the administration changes, uh, then do we do this over and over again, right? So at a certain point, even though I do feel like personally that this should be something that should be federally, you know, mandated, at a certain point, if you can't trust on that mandate to last, it does make sense, I think, for states to take it upon themselves to say, well, we need to enact these um, these provisions. That's a good point. So even if something changes on the federal level in the future, California is kind of insured now against net neutrality potentially getting uh, getting through and then getting dismantled again. I mean, California, you know, if it was its own country, it would have one of the largest economies in the entire world. And, you know, Los it's Angeles just a, alone. Yeah. And it's just a fact that, you know, they've led the way with things like uh, stronger gas mileage standards or, you know, uh, kind of pushing us towards EVs. Like California mm-hmm. has done more than its fair share. So, um, you know, I, I'm 100% with you, Christina. Uh, I think the Biden administration, the Biden FCC should reinstate this immediately. And something we have not covered enough here on Rocket is what the aftermath of repealing uh, net neutrality has been. You know, like it's great to go to T-Mobile and have them offering Disney Plus or whatever channel, but the overall effect has been very clear. It's sure. cost well, uh, people more money at the well, end okay, of the, the day. The, the, yeah. the one correction I'll make there is that federal net neutrality laws have never applied to wireless networks. All right, that's a fair point. But you see, the no, I, I, I do. I'm, I'm just saying. Actually, this is one of my criticism of the last net neutrality law. If we're going to be honest, is mm-hmm. and, and this was very like people discussed this was that it it only addressed ISPs. It didn't affect wireless. I do feel like if you're going to bring it back, then that has to be a massive part of the conversation because in the ensuing eight years, it has only become, you know, since we had this kind of, you know, debate the last time, it has only become more imperative. More and more people have access to internet primarily through wireless um, carriers. So That's a really good point. There's an article in Verge today talking about how 5G and some of the changes are going to be coming to that, uh, you know, to expand, because uh, there are people out there trying to get internet access through, you know, wireless, basically. Right. So mm-hmm. that would certainly be pressure. Stuff like there. Starlink. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's also really important to say, like, net neutrality had a real role just last week in Texas with all of the horror going on there and people trying to get help. So, you know, this is, we know what the outcome has been for, you know, the the Trump White House repealing this. It has not been good for consumers overall. They've not made the investments that they said that they would. And, you know, I think it's time to bring it back. In the meantime, if California wants to do this, I think it's a stopgap measure because it's it's hard to, you know, titrate these policies on a state-by-state basis. And it just, it pushes us farther along. Yeah, I guess I wonder if it also, this is overall a good thing, but I wonder if we could potentially see the inverse of this happening in some states, like just because California has said, hey, yes, we want our own net neutrality doesn't mean that other states couldn't go in the complete other direction. Oh, yeah, no, they absolutely could. And in fact, they, they have in some cases, right? Like Washington State, um, is second, I think, only to California in its strength of things. And in some cases, it's actually ahead in terms of like the data protections about what 
uh, ISPs can and can't do and sell things. But there mm-hmm. have been other states, Texas is actually one of them, where they have legislated the fact that, no, the ISPs can sell your data, can have access to information, can do all kinds of things. So they go above and beyond even what the, I love the lack Texas of the ne- so much as a concept. And everything that state government does is just so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I, mean, I can't I mean, disagree. I cannot yeah, I disagree. Mean, look, it, it, it freedom is in the eye of the beholder, I guess, in that case. Like, I, I certainly don't don't agree with any of those policies. But yeah, no, yeah. I think that's a valid concern. And I think that's why, as Bree said, this is a stopgap effort. And I think this is also why initially this was challenged in the courts, because it was one of those things that said, OK, well, if the federal government abolished it, why are you now setting kind of your own law? And so, um, you know, ultimately, th- this kind of came down to a, a policy thing, not a not a political thing, um, at least as as the judge ruled on it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I do. Yeah, I think this could absolutely lead to more states very emphatically say, passing laws that, and they wouldn't call them this, right? Like they, they wouldn't say this is our anti net neutrality law, <laughs> but that's our net aggression law. <laughs> no, what they would do is they, they genuinely what they would do is they would say that this is like our internet freedom law, and I'm not even joking. That is exactly yeah, how you're branded, right. and, and they of would say they we want we we want this to give you the freedom to have this and this and this. <laughs> when it's not about that, but that's exactly how they'd brand it and, and sell it through. So yeah, I think that's a valid concern. Yeah. Um, you know, and oh, yeah, as we yeah. said, why we actually do need federal legislation about this and, and hopefully to be done in a way that can't be undone every time the administration changes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just settle for presidential orders. Like, like a lot of people, I've been very happy to see Biden doing this. One of the problems with a lot of these executive orders is the next time someone in a different party gets elected, boom, all that progress is gone. You want long lasting policy changes. You got to go to Congress. And I really wish they would, uh, timestamp this, get their together because, (laughs) because they don't have it together currently. Well, now you need to vamp while I write down this timestamp until I can read this ad read. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Spokes, a communications agency. Spokes is a public relations and communications agency designed to complement the businesses started by today's bootstrapping entrepreneurs. Spokes provides the kind of support and direction usually found in a high-dollar chief marketing officer, but with services that are lightweight, effective, nimble, and free from massive price tags. Spokes' founding team has decades of experience as news, features, and sports journalists and public relations executives in a variety of industries, nonprofits, and within the U.S., government. They're on the inside. They back that up with strong in a strong in-house team of software engineers and entrepreneurs. The result is an agency uniquely poised to complement the bootstrapping technical founder or the small team who believes they have market fit but doesn't know how to begin telling the story of their products to news media and customers. Spokes is an a la carte VP of communications, ready to help you tell your story and to build an authentic relationship with your customers. They bundle services across the communications space, including strategies for building media connections and getting compelling stories published, editing services for maintaining a consistent tone of voice across your communication channels, media training to teach your team to stay focused on your message, and even full-service public relations representation. 
While you're focused on building great products and services, Spokes is here to make sure your public image represents the pride you have in your work. To learn more about Spokes' unique Chief Marketing Officer as a service options, head to spokes.agency slash rocket. They always get me with this one. They have a fancy URL. Spokes.agency slash rocket and mention this show for a 25% discount. That is S-P-O-X dot agency slash rocket and mention this podcast for a 25% discount. Our thanks to Spokes Agency for their support of this show and Relay FM. So last week, sorry, sorry to interrupt your jingle. It's not time for that anymore, Christina. I'm sorry. Last week on the show, we discussed Christina's supercomputer. Um, Mm -hmm. And this week, you have enabled the building of another supercomputer. (laughs) Tell us what you have, uh, what you have gotten Christina to do for you, Brianna. (laughs) No, no, Christina, you start the story and I have a different story to tell about it. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay. So after we did our show last week, I was thinking, because, you know, Brie was asking me a lot of questions about Threadripper and this and that. And I was like, look, for my use cases and what I needed, like, I was fine. But then I was kind of thinking about Brie's potential use cases. And I was like, "Eh, you know what? Threadripper probably would be better. Okay, uh, I'll I'll put a build together. I also had asked her because I knew she was in the lookout for a graphics card regardless. And I was like, if I see a 3090, do you just want me to buy it for you? Like, just period. And, and she was like, yes, just, just do it. So I put a build together. Um, and then the next morning, which, you know, I, I did my research, right? I had, like, found, like, the, the best, like, kind of, in my opinion, kind of bang for the buck ship, a good motherboard, good case, uh, cooler, um, and, uh, you know, storage, RAM, all that stuff. And uh, the big thing I knew it was going to be a challenge I was like, okay, well, we, we can get everything else. The graphics card is going to be a real challenge. And then Friday morning, um, I, I hit the, the notification game in <sighs> Discord right. And I was able to get Brie a 3090 from Newegg. And not only that, the 3090 wasn't even in a bundle. Oh. Like, it, she doesn't even have some stupid RAM or a, or a PSU that she doesn't want to use, which is, like, what I had to do when I got mine. And, like, I, I got somebody a 3070 uh, the other day, and they have some RAM now that they're going to have to, you know, get rid of. Like, it didn't even have that. I was just able to flat out get the 3090. And I was like, uh, okay. So... <laughs> Uh, both congratulations and and I'm sorry for making you spend all this money, Brie. Yeah, I think it's going to be like $7,500 by the time I'm done with it all. Because I wanted to, you know, like my old uh, my old Apple uh, monitors, like I have a, I have a Thunderbolt display, which is, right. it was a great monitor a decade ago. It has been used heavily for a decade. It was time to get like a, a new monitor. So I got uh, I got Dell 32 inch. I got a new keyboard, you know, all the all the fun stuff to go with it. So I, Christina, let me, let me tell this whole story. Please. You know, if you are someone on Twitter and you are ever thinking about questioning Christina Warren, <laughs> oh, this is funny. The details, <laughs> let me just tell you, it's not a good use of your time. So Christina puts this, this build together. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. And, you know, I'm spending $7,000. So I'm going through it part by part. And I'm like, oh, can I, can I make really sure that this motherboard is the right motherboard for it? And you go and look, and it's like, yeah, it's absolutely compatible. Oh, but she's getting, 
this box doesn't look like the box I wanted for Threadripper. Why isn't that? <laughs> and you start looking at it, you're like, oh, it's because she got this fan that's hyper compatible with this, and that's why. So it's missing that part. But yesterday, this is I haven't told you this, Christina. So I'm going through, I'm looking at the build, and I, I type in the the case design that you got me mm-hmm. into uh, YouTube. It's Lon Lee Cool Max 2 or whatever it is. And I start reading reviews for it, and I'm like, Oh, oh no, Christina made a mistake. This is this is kind of at the the bottom. This got a very middling result. Look at this. Okay. So for the for the GPU results, the thermal heat of this is going up to 54 degrees. This this isn't really good. Let me start doing some research and find out what the very best case is for this. And that's what we're doing. I read it and then I go to another video and I find it out. This the Landly Cooler Mesh 2 like the successor to it. And then I look at Christina's build and of course I find out she was right. She ordered me the right thing. I just wasted 90 minutes of my life. Don't question Christina Warren at this stuff. It's not a good use of your time. So I learned this the hard way. And I just, I just want to encourage other people to know this as well. Look, I'm not perfect and I am so open to people who have feedback when I get stuff wrong because I know, but when, especially if I'm going to put it out publicly, like if I'm going to share a link, I I tend to do my research. That is not to say I'm infallible at all, but yeah, it was funny. There's this one guy in the mentions who was like, well, yeah, that'd be great except for your cooler. And I'm like, yeah, no, an AIO is not ideal for this because the one AIO that like uh, works with this processor has had significant issues. So literally everybody uses block coolers for the Threadripper and and he's going on and on. And and then I, I, I name checked him. He was nice enough to comment. Um, uh, Mr. Uh, Water cooling himself, Jay's two cents. I was like, even Mr. Water cooling himself uses a box cooler on his Threadripper. And he was like, yep, works great too. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when you're right. But this is what was so funny because like for me, I had not really looked deeply into this. Like you just think like, look, it's a Threadripper. It's very, uh, it has a high tendency towards being thermally throttled. Of course you're going, I've never done a water cooled build before, but this is where you would probably want to do it. Totally. And it's like, you've done all the research yourself and you've found out that every water cooler on the market, it does not have a contact patch big enough for Threadripper, and the one that does has this huge bacteria problem growing in the middle of it. Yep. And of course, which is why you put this big uh, fan on the rest of it. So literally by checking your work, I wasted hours <laughs> I should have been spending at my own job. So oh, no. I'm just not going to do this next time. Ne- no, no, next time yeah. you can know that I, because this is what happens though to me. It was fun for me too, because like, I don't sleep sometimes. I have insomnia. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to spend a whole bunch of time on YouTube and on the internet and like researching every little thing I can. Because it's not like I just know this stuff. Like I have to do my research, right. you know, and and, uh, and and read up on everything and like look into all of it. So, but like I said, if I'm going to put a build together for a friend, like I'm not going to, I'm going to do my best that it's going to be right, you know, because I take pride in my work. Well, it's going to be a great machine. And, uh, you know, we talked about this last week, but 
you know, when Unreal Engine 5 comes out, you know, I obviously, I want to get up to date on it. I need a machine that's good for this. And, you know, one of the things about Unreal is it really is a balance between very powerful GPU and very powerful CPU. You need both of them. Uh, for light ma- uh, for uh, light baking, you need a very, that, that thread power for it. That's very uh, prescient for you know, for every bit of this. So it's going to be a great PC for that. I'm finally going to be able to see Cyberpunk about <laughs> a 30 frame, a more 30 frame rate. I'll be able to see, you know, uh, just it looking as beautiful as I know it can look. What's so the really first thing you're going to do with it? I, I'm not going to lie. It's Cyberpunk. All I'm right. All right. Cyberpunk yeah. save. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, besides that, Christina, what are you doing this week? So Microsoft Ignite and the spring event is happening next week. I know it's like it feels like it was just yesterday that we did the last one. And uh, so I'm going to be hosting uh, again. um, I've got the shift. uh, I'm going to be doing different shifts on on Tuesday and Wednesday. And so I'm um, heads down for that. I'm doing some some pre-records today. I'm, uh, you know, kind of, you know, get everything at Ducks in a row, but it's going to be a really, really good event. So if you're interested in IT pro developer stuff, uh, it's uh, the second through the fourth and we're going to have lots of good stuff. So tune in next week for that. But yeah, that's what I'm, I'm very like in heads on. I'm like, Ignite is a come in. So noise. Congratulations slash I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no, the good news is though, like this means that I'm going to have like my makeup done like three days for like you're gonna be hot for three days next week i know it's exactly no i'm I'm like genuinely excited i'm like oh my god like someone's gonna actually like do my makeup and i'm gonna look like a human oh that is gonna be so nice (laughs) there's been so much uh so many joker memes going around about people becoming the joker and i was like oh no that's me every time I put on makeup right now just because it's been so long since I've had to do it so every time I do it I become the joker and I look terrible uh Brianna what are you doing this week I I have to say since I stopped running for office I've lost like 20 pounds I'm like like 10 pounds away from being my high school weight again you've been doing that ring fit uh, I've not, but I've been uh, just uh, cutting calories and hitting the Peloton extremely hard. Oh, so, yeah, you got the Peloton. Yeah, yeah I'm feeling really good these days. <laughs> the um, wealthy woman's ring fit. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> a, it's, it's oh, nice my God, that's exactly what it is. It is. Oh, it is. no. <laughs> it's more cult-like. Yes. Uh, what am I doing this week? Hopefully... Uh, so the work on my 1986 uh, Porsche Carrera is going really, really well. Um, I'm going to be installing some LED headlights in that. Hopefully, if that park gets here uh, this weekend, it's so, you know, like headlight technology back in 1986, it kind of sucked. <laughs> and like you're out at night, you're cruising along and everything in front of you is hazy and dim and you can barely see it. Uh, but the thing is like the alternator in these cars, it's really weak. So uh, it's like a the headlight set I got, it's from the company called 911. Uh, it's really, really, really beautifully engineered. Like you've never looked at a headlight and gone, wow, that's beautiful. But if you looked at this, you would be like, oh. I mean, it's just stunning to see. I want to so, see. Uh, I'll, I'll show you a picture of it. Uh, so I'm doing that. And hopefully, Christina, if you can get this uh, graphics card over to me, fingers crossed, I'll be uh, doing that uh, next week. 
Yeah, no, totally. I'm going to get it out today um, and I'll, I'll pay to get it as, out as fast as I can. Uh, I can't wait. Obviously, we don't know, you know, the systems with like, I'm sending a UPS because we can't trust USPS, unfortunately, right, right. now. Right. But uh, yeah, but uh, hopefully um, we'll get it to you ASAP. Excited. Yay. Can't wait to hear about your computer. Uh, I am just working and skiing this week. <laughs> I'm not doing anything terribly interesting. Uh, I'm working on a video about the architecture and world design in Final Fantasy VII right now, <gasps> which has been great. Woo-hoo. Which one? Yeah. Real one or, real, or remake? Remake. Remake, okay. Yeah. That's legit. Brief comparison to the original, but just mostly looking at all, because the remake is in, there, there's just so much more detail, um, and they had to change so many things to make it, you know, the fully 3d <laughs> game that it is um so I'm, i've been immersing myself in that and i'm so excited but it's gonna be a bit before that comes out because uh there's a lot to look at and research and write about um but yep other than that doing ring fit trying to make my thighs be strong so that i can ski and not die um <laughs> so so excited about skiing um i love skiing so much um I'm i love jock. how much you love skiing <laughs> yeah I, I oh, you know are. there's a video game wait a minute you know there's a video game that has you getting on skis it's an arcade game and you can like what? ski yeah. Oh, what? yeah i played that i played that <gasps> what yeah it, it's not it's nothing like real skiing unfortunately yeah as, soon as, require, as soon as i get like, the vaccine y'all yeah yeah you're gonna find it <laughs> yeah um between brie and i Who's the bigger jock? I think you, Bree. Me? I'll take it. Mm, yeah. No, maybe I'm the bigger no, jock. No, no, I think it's actually you. I'm sorry. Like, I've like, got a jock personality. Respect, yeah, see, that's and the a thing. Jock like, like, brain. Like, 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 when I think about, like, jock, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, Simone, real question. Like, did you, like, run cross country or do, like, any sports in high school? I did track and field. Yeah, see, I knew it. Yeah, totally. Darn totally. It. So... <laughs> completely completely like obvious so yeah i think i think you're like you would have played soccer is the way i see it like there's for some specific reason sports no thank you i was gonna say that's the only reason but otherwise you would have been somebody who especially pacific northwest you totally would have been like a soccer person yeah in the world where i enjoy team sports (laughs) <laughs> right this is my point okay okay i'm uh, not Wait. not you but like like but i'm just saying because like from an athletic perspective like that would be oh, yeah. like your thing right. that, I, I embrace I mean. my role as the jock the resident jock on our show and you two can be nerds and i will <laughs> I, be a gracious friend to you both uh brianna where can we find you online uh, you can find me at Brianna Wu on Twitter. And if you want to support my work at Rebellion Pack, uh, you can do that by going to Help the Rebellion. We're putting a really big, large push in this week to uh, basically our feeling is if we don't address uh, voting rights, uh, nothing else we do matters uh, as a party. So we are putting a lot of effort into supporting the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Uh, so uh, hope you'll support us there. If you want to do that, go to helptherebellion.com. Thank you for doing that thing. Christina, what about you? Okay, so I I am not the nerd. I mean, okay, I am, but like what? I'm you are the what? nerd. No, are you the, I'm, I'm, like the prep? The are you the prep nerd. of our podcast? I'm I'm, co- I'm, compl- I'm completely the prep of our, of our podcast. Really okay. who I am is I'm like the Lindsay Weir from Freaks and Geeks. I'm like the preppy girl who hangs out with all of like the alt kids who like get stoned, but she doesn't get stoned, but like she hangs out with them anyway because they're artistic oh and God. interesting. Like, but yeah, no, I'm totally the prep. 
All right, Brie, I extend the opportunity for you to not be the nerd if there's a high school archetype that you would prefer. <laughs> I don't, well, for starters, I really mean this, Christine. There's no archetype in literature for what you are. <laughs> like, there's, there's just not. I, I, I've never seen a Christina Warren in anything, like reporter slash, you know, host slash like hardcore nerd in the best way possible. Like that just doesn't exist. So that's I don't sweet. Know. That's sweet. It's uh, true. Okay. By the way, though, you can find me at film underscore girl on <laughs> Twitter and the Instagrams. But that was very kind of you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and my videos at youtube.com slash polygon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. If you liked it, I beg you to give it a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. And hey, share it with a friend who you think would be interested in hearing about Apple rumors and net neutrality and whether I'm a jock or not. The answer is yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Thanks for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.